Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the Denver Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. You're recording this on a Thursday night, and of course, I am joined by Deputy Site Manager Zach Mikosh. Zach, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good, Ryan. I'm, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, just another night here in uh, northern Colorado, up by the windy Wyoming border. I got new grass today, so that was nice. Um, For sure, all right. yeah. You're you're moving right along with your with your house, man. I'm 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 really happy for you. That's that's a long time coming for you, and and really glad that you could make that work. I appreciate it. It has been it's a lot of work, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. So definitely good times. On the other line, we have senior writer Gordon Gross. As always, Gordon, what's up, man? Doing all right, man. It's been an interesting uh, day in the news cycle. Been a couple days uh, in sports and out of sports. So it's. Uh, just staying apprised of the situations. Yeah, lots of lots of stuff going on. I hope everybody's staying safe out there. Uh, definitely want to just stay safe. That's all. That's all we can really say about it at this at this current time. And and make great choices. Um, lots of news on the NBA front. Of course, the bulk of this podcast is going to be about the Adrian Wojnarowski, Sham Sharania report. Going to Orlando for the Disney World playoffs. That's what we're that's what we're seemingly thinking is going to happen here. Uh, news has come out that there are a few different proposals on how to structure the playoffs. GMs have been talking about it. There's going to be a board of governors meeting tomorrow on various things regarding it as well. Um, we're going to go over some of those proposals during this podcast because. There are lots of things that are going to impact the Nuggets. There are lots of things that are going to impact the NBA at large. Right now, the NBA just wants to get off and get going. And there are complicated ways to do that. There are simpler ways to do that. There's a money component that is going to be hanging over the heads of everybody. Um, Guys, you ready to discuss some of these playoff formats from both a league and Nuggets perspective? Absolutely, man. It's It's nice to get... Some sort of start to get some clarity on on what the plan is. The NBA, uh, you know, we had the NHL, right? They announced their plan um, this week. It's still their their plan is still. So there's a lot of variables, a lot of moving targets in that one as well. But they sure. they've come out, they've committed to something, right? We haven't quite got an official commitment to something uh, from the NBA, but we're starting to get there. We're starting to hear some of this stuff, so it's nice. Uh, to get that, it's nice to have you know to, to instead of instead of hypothesizing, we can now at least consider what are potentially um, actual scenarios that could happen. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's 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 at least interesting to see movement in in some of these situations. So let's break it down. Let's let's get to it. Uh, the as 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 I talked about on Nuggets numbers last week or earlier this week, there were a variety of proposals that were sent to GMs, sent to owners that Adam Silver has been floating. Uh, one of them is to resume the regular season with all thirty teams going towards 72 or 76 games, and then going into a normal playoff format. Teams will have all been in the Disney World, Orlando area, finishing off the regular season, getting to the requisite number that's agreed upon, and then they go into the straight-up 16-team or 16 team format with uh, East versus West. Uh, that seems like the simplest situation. It also ensures that the regular season being played ensures some of the RSN, the regional sports network contracts around the league are fulfilled. The The goal for those is to get to 70 games. Gordon, I want to start with you. Uh, with regard to the NBA trying to get back to normal, do you think they should be trying to keep it simple, get given all of this stuff, and go with the regular season format? Or... Or did one of those other options stand out to you as something that you'd like to see happen? I don't. <laughs> For me, you're disadvantaging the regular season, and I understand the purpose of it. But the Nuggets, for instance, worked pretty hard to get the three seed or to be at the three seed at this point in the season. So group play brings in a lot of variables you don't necessarily want as a top seed. You're already losing home court. You're already losing fan advantage. Like, what you don't really want is for a couple of one-offs against a bunch of different teams to come back and hurt you. Uh, I, right. I'm i still concerned about time frame, man. Like, I look at it and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, other than with a tournament, I don't think you can restart the whole league for all 30 teams. Like, there are some teams who just won't care. There are some teams who might care too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, right. like, you know, maybe you pull a team that's not in the playoffs that really cares. Cool, that's not great for you, um, especially when other teams have packed it in. You know, Dame uh, Willard says he's not going to play if they don't have a shot at the playoffs, and they're not going to give all 30 teams a shot at the playoffs. They don't have enough games for that. So, for me, I would just like them to start the 1-16, to hit the playoffs, let's go. You know, you get your, you're going to have to get a couple of games warm up against other teams, maybe from the other league, so that that way you're not disadvantaging one team versus another team in playoff prep. You know, but you could, since you're all in the same spot, you could play West versus East in the quote-unquote preseason for a couple of games to get your, your sea legs under you and then start the playoffs. But it's weird to me that they're talking about 20 people or, or 24 teams, you know, trying to go ahead and, and make something work when the playoffs aren't that close. You don't have that many teams on the bubble. Um, th there aren't eight teams that are viable for the playoffs if we kept playing the season out. Um, and I understand the idea of fan interest, but... Um, and, and I understand the, the idea of doing something you haven't done. For fun, for whimsy, like the I, I love the fact that you know they did the All Star Game the way that they scored it um, in order to make the fourth quarter completely ridiculous in a great way. 
Um, they'd never done it before. People loved it. Maybe they'll do. A, they're trying to do a playing tournament to get mid-season tournaments to be a thing, to get final playoff spot tournaments to be a thing. You know, if you're trying to change your sport around, then now is the year to experiment sure. with it. But it doesn't sound like they know what they want to do. They're just sort of putting ideas out. Like, well, I guess we could. And sure, you can do anything. But what is the purpose of what you're doing? And if it's not going to be a continual thing, I'm, I'm not sure why this is the year you want to try a random 24-team play-in tournament group style <laughs> um, for... Very little reason. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I'm 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 kinda with Gordon here on this. I mean it's We played sixty five games. Like I get I, I get, you know, how Portland, hey, it's not like you're like a half game back, right? You're three and a half games back. Like you you had you you we played the majority of the season. You didn't get there. Now, I understand why they're doing it, and it's not because of the Portland Trailblazers. It's not because of Sacramento Kings. It's not because of San Antonio Spurs. If they're going to try and get those other four teams in the West um, that are within kind of striking distance of that eight seed, if they're going to try and get one of those, or they're going to try and put those two teams into meaningful games, it's because they want to put Zion Williams into meaningful games. Let's just let's call it for what it is. <laughs> yeah. like, also that. For sure. Yeah, I mean, they, sure. they want to put him on national TV in, in an elimination situation and, and, and get help generate some revenue. Like, they, that is absolutely – it's the – you know – I think the NBA and really all professional sports leagues have done thus far a, a very good job of of managing um, this crisis as best as best they can, as best um, anyone could, kind of in this sort of unprecedented uh, event that a large organization like that depends on such massive gatherings um, for revenue. You know, like they've they've nobody yet has really bit the bullet and has sacrificed. Uh, lives for money in, among these professional sports leagues. Right. That being said, like every single plan they're coming up with, money is the number one concern. Don't let it fool you. Like they're of course yep. going to do it safe because the fallout would be absolutely terrible, and there is like absolutely terrible consequences that come with screwing this up. Um, not just money wise. I mean, obviously the the terrible terrible consequences that could come. Um, just in terms of people and their safety. So they're going to take that all into consideration, but they're, they're trying to figure out how do we get as recover as much revenue as possible. And I think that's a big driver of um, this, this format is, as you were kind of mentioned before the, we came on the pod, Ryan, this is a way for them to get in more games, right? This is a way for them to find a way to put more eyeballs on televisions during more hours of the day, that's that's probably the biggest factor. It's not about being fair uh, to these teams that are on the bubble. It's not about finishing out the regular season. It's about recouping as much revenue as possible. And I don't know. I mean, I get it. I understand it. But to me, like I'm, I'm kind of with Gordon. Like let's let's go with the 16 teams. So we played a shortened season. It's not the first time that the NBA has played a shortened season. Generally, it happens nope. the other way around, right? And we we cut off the front end, <laughs> not the back end. But, right. Like we've done this sure. before. So like let's let's call it at 65, 64, whatever it is for wherever these teams are at, and let's 
let's go, man. Let's 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 play some playoffs. Let's do some warm up games. I like I like Gordon's idea of you play the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference in like a little preseason. That way you're not disadvantaged because you're not gonna. There's no. I was thinking I was like, well, maybe you could bring back those other teams who aren't in the playoffs and at least you know they could play some exhibition games. So you could get some money of that. But there's no point. There's no point in bringing back players if they're not they're if they're not there to play for anything. When only one side cares about it, you're not gonna get what you need, which is the actual warm up. Yeah, and like, although, there's no reason to warm up teams that aren't going to keep playing. Although, how hilarious would it be to use Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers as cannon fodder for the actual playoffs? Hey, that to yeah. me is, is is probably the most hilarious aspect of anything like this. Is uh, if if you were to bring back teams and they they weren't have to have anything to play for, then it, it would be it would be kind of ugly, but it would be kind of funny from a a strictly Nuggets perspective at that point. Let me uh, right, but we also. Me, I mean, me... when you look at the number of games that they've played, like what the the last strike, um, what was it, two thousand eleven, twelve, ten, eleven? Yeah, they played whatever like that was. They played like six games. They played like sixty six games. Oh, yeah. sixty six. Yeah, so that's like right now. That's so it's like, it's like where we are right now. It's not. They did even fewer games back in. Um, well, geez, what was it? Ninety eight, ninety nine. They played yeah, like fifty games, that. man. They didn't yeah. get started until January. Yeah. So like, let me. Let we've me done this before. Play. Let me defend the group play stage for for a for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Hit uh, it. it could be the difference between the 2020-2021 salary cap and luxury tax being three million to five million less. These games are going to be so popular, and just because the competitive standpoint for a team like the Nuggets specifically or a team like the Bucks or the Lakers, those teams have to work harder in a in a first round series where they can't just they can't just phone it in versus a a team like the Orlando Magic or the Portland Trailblazers or uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. They can't do that for the for the full four game series that that it would be a four zero sweep. This way, there are actually some interesting games being played. There are some matchups that we wouldn't have previously seen that I think would pique the interest of fans in a way that the normal first round of the playoffs just wouldn't. Sure, but point, you've, you've been, you haven't had sports for three months, man. Like, it's not like people are going to be like, oh, the NBA's back, what a terrible thing. Like, they're going to be there anyway, and you don't... Uh, the media the media thing's already set. Like, the number of games that you play is on you. You're, you're not getting paid any more by the, the, by the media companies. They've already bought their package for this year. How like, many, the how many Bucks Magic games? How many Bucks Magic games do you think you're going to tune into if they play in the first round of the playoffs and it's a four zero sweep? Nah, probably none. I mean, I, I don't care about the Bucks Magic, but I was going to say I, I only <laughs> watch the Nuggets games in the playoffs, man. So I don't know what to tell you. Which I, you're I asking think, the wrong demographic here. Well, no, I think I think it's actually the right demographic because I think you would be a little bit more interested in some of these other groups in some of these other tiers if there was some drama in a team like let's say the Houston Rockets and the Utah Jazz are are in a group behind the LA Lakers what like which of those teams do you want to advance which of those teams okay. is going through the most strife if okay, the New Orleans which, Pelicans which of those are in that group as well do you not want to lose so the question is do you want your media market like LA to have a bad week and bomb out of the group play. Right. How, now, how much discussion would that generate on, on <laughs> Sure, but not a lot of TV ratings. <laughs> yeah, right. And, like, then you'd be uh, done. and then you'd be stuck in the, 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 the second round. Yeah. The, the biggest fear that, 
that NBA people have got to have is that we're going to get a Milwaukee-Denver finals. Like, as far as media market fear, you know, or, you know, Indiana-Denver, or basically anybody in Denver would be a terrible idea for them. <laughs> you know? Denver can't yeah. even tell by their own games. Like, you don't, you don't want to be putting this on for ratings. Yes, they'll be higher because people haven't seen anything in a minute. But that's not what they're going for. They want the, you know, Boston-LA matchup or, you know, any of any of those sorts of matchups would make them much, much happier. Yeah, I mean, they want um, the, the, the best case scenario, as, as is the case every year, the best case scenario for the NBA is to get the Celtics and the Lakers in the finals. Like, that's... That's, right. that's what they want. They want they want L.A. versus L.A. in the semis. And then, you know, honestly, they, the, Milwaukee's an interesting one because I think Giannis carries some the, – the star power is enough there that he probably carries some national – People would interest. watch. Right. Yeah. But they might also not not be too, too disappointed if they got Toronto, you know, as the other team against yep. Boston. As long as they get Boston there, they would, they'd be great with Philadelphia. They don't want the Pacers. You know, like, guys, they don't want the yes. Nuggets. Like they, that's... And, and you don't want them knocked... The thing about group play is that if you're making it unstable for top seeds in the first round because it's group play, mm-hmm. then you are risking losing a Boston or losing, you know, an L.A. Yeah, before the, the, worst case the conference finals. And they absolutely do not want that. So you're balancing risk and reward when you're doing this, man. You don't want to lose LeBron in the first round. Yeah. But you, you risk know, that I, either I, way, I guess. I, that's that's kind of what I'm saying, especially when we're starting this back up again. Right. The Lakers are going to have to face. Let's let's say let's say they have to face Memphis in this stage, but the Clippers have to face Dallas. If you just go straight into the playoffs, sure. What if Luca gets hot for a little bit, and what if what if the mid range jumpers just aren't dropping for Kawhi, and and they they kind of lay an egg and. In, in a seven-game series, they go down 4-2, and then you miss out on your Battle of L.A. matchup in that regard. Or if the Nuggets were to upset the Clippers in the second round, if that were to happen. Like, that's that's a very—it's it's not likely, but I think in this situation coming off of the— Coming off of a pandemic, like I think it's probably more likely than it would have been before. So, well, the Orlando my... nightlife is going to be nothing like the LA nightlife. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry. I'm about just Nicole saying the home court that LA would normally enjoy or Miami would normally enjoy is not going to be there. I'm trying to tell you, no, guys, I, I hear you. Center is bomb. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Party my uh, Mickey Mouse. my thing with with a team like Denver, for example, I trust them to advance in a group play format more than I trust them to advance versus a team like Houston or a team like Dallas or a team like OKC. Like those teams are are in the tier 3 I would say of of this group and you you come into a situation where I I don't know if I trust them to put forth their best 7 games possible to advance out of the first round in a situation like this. However, I do trust a, t- a guy like Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray to bring their A game and ensure that they win against Tier 4 teams, against Tier 5 teams, against teams like that, where they simply have a talent advantage. I think that talent advantage is a lot less when you're talking about a team like Houston. Yeah, you you play teams like, like Houston... Um, you you run into a scenario of do the Nuggets have the best player on the floor, right? And it's do they have two of the top three players on the floor? You start 
it's it's a little bit bigger of a question there. Whereas a team, whether they were to do the 16 seed with no conference, where you get at Indiana, like do the Nuggets have the best player on the floor against Indiana? Absolutely. Do they have it against Toronto? I mean, I'm probably Siakam's good, but I'm probably still taking Jokic. So like. You you play it works to their strengths in that regard, but I think the Nuggets what we what we know about them and what we I think we've seen from this group is they're not necessarily a team that just picks it up right like that. Like they they take a little bit to kind of get things going. We saw that in the playoffs last year. I mean, they were very close to letting that series get out. If Jamal Murray doesn't go off. In that second or in that second game in the fourth quarter, they that series against the Spurs gets out of hand. They might get lose in the very first round. So like, I worry that in a group play scenario, that with that being their first step back and not having the consistency of one single matchup night in and night out, and being able to kind of game plan for that, having to game plan for a different team every night, I worry um, that they 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 could be one of those top seeds. That's susceptible to falling out early because of the randomness. And I wonder, like, no matter what we do, the the playoffs are not gonna be normal this season. Like it's no. just it's just the way it is. So I wonder, is it is the right way of going about it being like we're going to even do more different things than normal instead of just being like, yeah, it's different than normal, but we're still just gonna play some playoffs. Um, like we normally do, like is doing this group stage thing, making it even more complicated and even more uh, of like an asterisk or more of a discount the play of of the players because it's just so different. Like to me, I would I would still just keep it the same. Well, for me, I'm, I'm still curious if if they want to do something different, like if this is the year they want to try reseeding one to 16 without respect for conference then that makes it fun for me. Then I'm like, cool, that's what we're doing. And if they're using group play to do that, whatever, that's fine. But it, it, it gives you the opportunity to see what that would look like, not travel-wise. You know, but how would that line up? Would that, be, would that leave you more fun teams in the second round? Would that leave you better matchups, you know, across the country? I don't know. I think it would leave the stronger conferences at the time to be... Um, going forward, and I happen to like that as a basketball fan, but this will be the time to do that. If they're just doing it to mess around, I, I'm not a huge fan. I'm just not. Like, it's... You could do a one-off and we're doing tourneys and, and having fun, um, but you're taking what is a very, very hard situation and making it even less right. familiar right, and more to all of the players and coaches and people involved and making it feel less like the playoffs and more like an experiment. Right. When you have no fans, you're in a weird um, stadium, you're playing at odd hours, <laughs> the schedule's already messed up, and now you want me to play weird group tourneys to get into the whatever round? Like, it... I don't know how far you need to push that. Yes, we're already out of the box on this one because of the coronavirus, because of the circumstances we're in. But unless you're trying things that are seriously interested in doing going forward, I don't see a good reason to, like, hold some weird, like, you know, sorcerer's goblet tournament. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I'm just... Why, what's the Triwizard shit happening right now? Like, I... 
<laughs> uh, just just hold the NBA playoffs. Just give me the playoffs. Fair, and and I I think there are there are a lot of fans that share that sentiment as well. I'm not necessarily one of them. I I think it would be a lot of fun to see something different, to see something new. Adam Silver has always been somebody who's not afraid to innovate. Uh, the Elam ending is a really good example of something that really worked in the in the yep. All Star game this year, and that was something that was met with a lot of skepticism at the beginning, and it turned out to be okay. And the lottery odds and flattening those odds were were another thing that he changed, and I think that worked out pretty well because Zion Williamson didn't get stuck in New York, and John Morant didn't get stuck in. Uh, in a, I don't know Charlotte. He they they actually got into a situation where they could contribute, and they're two of the teams that that are some of the young and up and coming teams because of that situation. So I'm uh, I'm a little bit more interested in it than I know you guys are. What if I told you that they did that? We're as just kind old. Of a, it's fine. <laughs> it, it's okay. It's it's a it's a generational divide. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what if I told you they if they use that as a kickoff event at the beginning of next season on Christmas? See, that's more interesting to me because you're changing, you're you're it's something you're trying going forward. Mm-hmm. Like I still love the idea of of a Christmas kickoff, you know, to next right. year, which I assume they're going to have to have just based on the timing of when the NBA finals this year are going to end. Right, because you have you about know, what like. You get about what three months of a, of, a, of an off season. It's usually about two months to get through the playoffs, and then three months of an off season, right? And then you you're about back in training camp mid. You're back in training camp in September. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're so talking. In this case, June is the finals, and you got July, August, and then you're back in September. So yeah, yeah around three months of an off season. Yeah, and so if this is if this is going to be ending, in, if they're going to start mid July, I mean, you're figuring they're hoping with they're going to compress the schedule a little bit, but they, I mean, basically wrapping up by September, you know, yep. beginning to mid September. So yeah, like you're you're starting at Christmas, like that's yep, which is the which is fine, like that. Yeah, I'm totally I'm totally with. With that idea, 100%. That's the way it should be. We've been saying this since they started at Christmas um, seven, eight years ago, whatever it was, when they had the strike. With the wall-to-wall Christmas plate games? Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's a great way. Like, that is such, like, like, the NBA owns Christmas holiday in terms of the sports. Yep. Um you know, broadcast. So, like, it's such a great way to kick off the season because that's basically the last week of the regular season of football. You've got no baseball. You know, I mean, hockey's going on, but that's fine. Hockey's a winter sport. It should be playing. The basketball's a summer sport. Like, it's so weird that we play it through the winter anyway. So start it on Christmas, on your banner day. Make that the new, you know, of as big of an event as, like, opening day in baseball is. Uh, and then and then you wrap up what you – so you end up wrapping up every year in – at the end of – at the same time, end of August, beginning of September, like, right before football season kicks off. That's That's absolutely perfect – slot for this the sports to be in they, they should yeah just you'd, you'd, want, you'd want your stuff to end in august before the nba um before the nfl's right and before first games kick off in september start, so yeah perfect so it's great and you can set it up that way but i i like the idea of a tournament or doing weird stuff on christmas to start it have fun with that you're start, you're trying to kick off your sport with as much fanfare as possible i'm not a I huge think- fan of doing it right now when you're trying to do everything else I think my platonic ideal of something like that would be expanding the league by two teams, turning it into 32, and then at the beginning of every season, you have 
the previous top four seeds from the playoff from the playoffs would be serving as the host sites for a regional group play stage and and you play games for each each of those teams play games going forward uh and then the top two teams in each of those brackets then advance to a 16 team single elimination bracket after they do their group play and then you just do then at the beginning of every season you you go through that process you crown a you crown a bracket champion or what whatever title you want to give to it and then you take a a little week break and then go into your regular season play 60 games 66 games and that way you you reduce the number of games just a little bit for the players but like the interest level is so much higher that way it'll be a lot of fun and and then maybe at the end you you seed things 1 to 16 again and i think that would be a lot of fun i th- i think the 1 to 16 seeding it makes a lot of sense for at least western conference teams eastern conference teams are going to going to freaking hate it but there are so many creative things that i think they can do with a world cup format for at least a at least a tournament of some sort, it doesn't have to be the finals. It doesn't have to be what we lead into for things going forward, or or it doesn't have to be what we consider the playoffs this year. But it's it's a lot of untapped potential, and basketball right. formats a lot like that. Like the FIBA World Cup is exactly the same thing with the with Team USA. So it's it's something that. I think they should consider. I think they should try to do. And I'd honestly be disappointed if they didn't. Yeah, I um I don't know. I mean, for me like I don't I, there there's a part of me that doesn't see the point of of tournaments that aren't aren't for the the championship, right? Like I get like I get we do, they do that over uh, you know, with with soccer in Europe. Um they have like right they have what is it like the FA Cup. Um in Premier League and stuff like that, and it's not actually the, um, the you know what, what what you play for the title, but it's like this midseason cup that's like a cool, it's like it's a cool feather in your cap, right? Like that's the thing you want to do um, if you're an English Premier League team. You want to sweep the table and get the, you want to win the Premier League, uh, you want to win the FA Cup, and then you want to go on and win the Champions League as well, and that's the perfect season. But like. <laughs> I, can you get it takes to that time point? for tradition right exactly that's that's a long tradition like i don't i mean i guess you got to start at some time to make it worth it and so maybe that's it and maybe it'll bring some more i guess some more spice to the preseason but at the same time like i as a, as a basketball fan i will like would i care that much i'd probably be like meh i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna watch the games either way so i guess maybe i'm not a good person to ask but um i don't know that it would make it really it, to me it would, would still feel like preseason i guess you okay. got to go to break, Ryan. I will be going to break right now. Uh, when we come back, we are going to talk about the group play format a little bit more, but from a, a basketball competitive standpoint, we'll talk about each of the tiers, which teams we would want the Nuggets to face, which teams we'd want the Nuggets to avoid. We'll be right back. We're back after a long-winded conversation about the playoff proposals. Uh, make sure to take a listen to that if you haven't, uh, which sounds pretty dumb right now because oh, you're probably coming for that at this very moment of this podcast. Uh, 
Of course, I am joined by Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross, who are laughing in the background at my stupidity. We would never. Oh, t- t- don't lie. <laughs> uh, we're, let's talk about these group plays, these group play tiers a little bit, because I think that's actually the more interesting part of this. Is if they were to do this, and I, I think that there is there is a distinct possibility that they do it. Like Adam Silver is very much in favor of a a proposal like that, and I think when the commissioner is at least interested in something, uh, he's going to try and sell it to the owners. And if he can sell it, then and and it makes more money, then it's very possible that it could happen. So I, I want to break this down a little bit. I want to break down which teams are in which tier from a Nuggets perspective, and and just see what we can garner information-wise from an exercise like this. You guys ready to talk about that? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Tier 1 at this point would be four teams. Remember, each of these tiers are four teams worth of teams. Milwaukee Bucks have the top record in in the NBA. LA Lakers, Toronto Raptors, LA Clippers. Now, three of those teams I think you could very much consider the championship contenders and and we'll we'll talk about Toronto in a bit but which of those teams do you think is the best team and, and which team do you think has the chance among those teams to win the title at the end of the year best chance i would say the bucks start with yeah yeah i mean i it's just it's hard for me man i feel like they're the yeah. most talented team like that that's just what it, right. like I, and i think in these scenarios you're looking at um with with so much that's going to be like just neutral setting like talent should win out over over both in in a neutral setting as well as in a really peculiar um, scenario. So like, well, you don't have crowd pressure, man. It's gonna be really weird, right? Like, so it's, it's gonna it's gonna come down to like a, who who can ball out the most on the court. And like I'm, it's some people may disagree with me, but I mean Giannis is the best player on the planet. Like I think right. I think you you can't. I, at least I would say that they should be considered the front runner in this scenario. Yeah, I would have to go with the Lakers, and I I would say the Lakers because um, you've got LeBron, who's been there before. Uh, it's hard to do something you've never done, and never been in a situation to do. Like the Bucks went pretty deep in the playoffs, but they couldn't take the Raptors. But, but don't you, you know, think so they, this because of the uniqueness of this year that kind of like levels everything out on that end? I I don't know. As far as game adjustments go, like I would expect the Lakers to be more able to game plan for Giannis than the Bucks to be able to game plan for LeBron, who's had months of rest now. Right. Like he's fresh. You know. Yeah, well, it, it, you know I, that's the thing is all of the old bone people, all of the the old guys who you were like, oh god, are they going to have enough left after the season? You know, how many minutes are they playing? That shit doesn't matter now. Like, it, at this point, you're you're just getting started again. You've had almost... By by the time you're done, it will have been an entire offseason. Right. Like, for LeBron, more than an offseason. I mean, if they stopped, what, middle of March, and they're not going to play again till middle of July, that's yeah. more rest than LeBron ever gets. Yeah, exactly. That's four months of... And not even, like, not even being able to go to a gym and, like, work out, like... He's been right. hanging out. He's been getting time with the family. Like, it's probably, you're right. That's, that's a great point, Gordon. I mean, it's probably been very um, rejuvenating for, for for a lot of the, the guys who have been able to go 
uh, go back to their families and just kind of live their lives and just get to be like normal people, right? When you think about, especially somebody like LeBron, who's like a celebrity, you know, obviously, and, and it, it, his fame follows him everywhere he goes in life to like be able to draw away from the public eye and it's 100% acceptable. Like it's such a unique situation. Right. Uh, it's, right. it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, how he comes back. I, and it makes you wonder if, if the people who won't be most affected by this are the guys who physically struggle to um, get into shape right away, which, you know, doesn't may, maybe necessarily bode well for Denver, but uh, that you, you have to assume a guy like LeBron is, is going to be, you know, he a guy who can stay in peak physical condition because I'm sure he's got an amazing workout gym in his, I, in his I, home. I, he, I'm sure his gym at his home house is much bigger than the Nuggets' actual practice facility. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's probably bigger than, yeah. than Jokic's entire apartment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's almost like a, a given at this point. Uh, I think the Clippers are another team that, that has Agreed. a really good case for being the top team in this tier. Just because Kawhi's another guy that, hey, he, he could probably do with some injury injury uh, recovery. Paul George, too. Uh, Paul George as yeah. well. Uh, you have various other veterans that, that are on that team that carry a heavy load, like Lou Williams and uh, yep. Marcus Morris was... was he probably needed a nice respite from his New York time to uh, to really get acclimated with the Clippers. Um, Montrez Harrell plays with that kind of intensity, so like I, yeah. I think they they have a really good case as well. The only team that doesn't really have a case here is Toronto, and and that's probably I mean I think the rest will help them. Toronto. I just don't think that Toronto has the the like potential playoff MVP on their roster. Right, like you could say Kawhi, you could say Paul George, you could say. I, I, I still can't say Anthony Davis. I just I can't say I it. But know, they, you know, there's LeBron. You know, you've got um, Giannis. Uh, Giannis, yeah, and but you don't have that guy on the Raptors. Right. The Raptors like, feel like that classic. Like they feel like the Nuggets uh, in 2013, the yep. the Atlanta Hawks. What in 2016? Right. That team of really good players who has some some budding stars or just some very talented people, but. No one who in in a playoff series in a tight moment you feel one hundred percent not not even feel you know one hundred percent. Yep, I'm gonna give this guy the rock. He's gonna he's gonna go out and win this game for us like that. Maybe maybe Pascal Siakam can be that guy, but we we we've yet to see it um, because last year you know he had Kawhi and Kawhi was that guy for him. So they're that team who like I think you you look at and you say really good team, but We've seen it so many times in the playoffs. Teams that are just really good teams without uh, a de facto, like, this is definitely the guy we're going to in the crunch time and, and all the time sometimes. Um, they tend to struggle. Yeah, well, in, in it's hard to win that Pistons title, man. plan those teams, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the Pistons won it because they, they everybody knew their job, everybody could be a star on a different night, and everybody played top-flight defense. Right. The Raptors don't do that, <laughs> so... It's I'm not even though they they have that experience together that comfort which gives them the regular season wins I can't see seeding them as the best team in the tournament I, you just can't do it. Right. I am not worried whatsoever about Jeremy Grant defending Pascal Siakam. Right. He will be in a situation where sometimes Pascal scores on him and sometimes Pascal doesn't score on him and that's kind of normal. Uh, 
that that is the matchup that of those four teams. I think Denver, if if they were to get Toronto in their tier, they would feel, or in their group, they would feel pretty good. Uh, I, is that the team that you would want the Nuggets most to play? Yeah. 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 Okay, let's move to Tier 2 then, because that's where Denver resides. They wouldn't play any of the teams in Tier 2. Those teams would be divided, but those teams are Boston, Denver, of course, Utah, and Miami. Now, who do you take between Boston and Denver? Which of those teams do you think at this point is best positioned to win a title? I still take... ah. I guess I take Denver. It's it's such a weird comparison of where their guys are. Two totally like, different rosters yeah. too. Like they're yeah. constructed totally different. Well that I mean they're both they're both young team I should say they're both young teams who are um built through the draft. Um but they are they're one team <laughs> runs around a point center and the other one runs around, you know, wings. So it's um and and, and it has a, a ball dominant point guard as well, like that, that they didn't get from the draft. Well, I mean, they both do have X factors, too. You know, you're still trying to figure out how they can work in. Uh, like, the Nuggets have to work in MPJ. Right. You know, um, and Boston is still trying to get their um, their wing situation right. Right, yeah, it still feels like Boston doesn't necessarily, like, like are we sold on on Kimball Walker and, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as a trio? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, maybe it's just because I don't pay a ton of attention to you know, it's like I'm watching Boston games all, all throughout the season, but like I just I, and and that's what we haven't got to see, right? We 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 haven't seen them in the playoffs, so it's a tough it's it's a tough call on that end because we have seen this Nuggets team. We do know they can put some success um, together, and, and 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 by that I mean this specific Nuggets group of players with Michael Porter Jr. added. That is the wrinkle they got to figure out. With Boston, well, and, but I mean, it's like I said, Boston has Gordon ball. Hayward, man. Like, yeah, it's, and like, and where does Hayward fit in all? Where does like, he it's, fit? It's a lot yeah. of, yeah, it's a lot of. We've been waiting to see both what of those Boston teams have questions for for a long time. Like both of the both of them are are working on fit. They're working on does my is my point guard the guy who's going to carry me or my point whatever? Because in in Denver's case, it's a point center. You know, Jokic needs guys to step up and score. Kemba needs guys to step up and know their role. I guess. Yeah, which uh, um, which of Kemba guess, Walker it, and Jamal Murray do you guys trust more in Kemba? a playoff setting? Yeah, probably Kemba. Kemba yeah, knows see, his own game, even though he's never been in the he's never been in the playoffs, right? But I mean, I, I saw what Kemba Kemba did at UConn. Where, I mean, it fairly, I think it was what, <laughs> like that was a decade ago. Yeah, but I mean, it's still like if if I'm not worried about Kemba Walker in in shying away from big moments, like I guess like. The, the guy he's was, not scared of pressure, right? Like yeah. the guy, the guy was one of the greatest. I mean, he had one of the greatest runs we've ever seen in college basketball um, to win a national championship. So, like, I, I just I, Jamal. I mean, it's not it's not a knock on Jamal. I don't, and I guess I don't know. Like, yeah, I can see the argument for Jamal, but for some reason, when you last year, me, he, last year he showed up in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, he, he was, was good. like these he playoffs. Not 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 the beginning. He sucked right, at the beginning, the and then he was one, like, yeah. wait, when I'm on, I'm on. And then in the second round, he was there until the end when he wasn't, and when he wasn't, the Nuggets failed. Right. The problem is, is that the Nuggets go as Jamal goes because Jokic will be fine. Like, <laughs> Jokic will give you crazy-ass numbers in the playoffs. I'm not worried about Jokic at all. 
Right. Not even with his like looking like a beanpole right now. Well, they've got to have it. It's not even so much that they'll go as Jamal. They're gonna have somebody's got to step up. Nobody. Somebody has to step up other than Jokic, and then and then Jamal on the games that Jamal stepped up, they won, right? And then they they need to find somebody a second guy who's gonna be consistent, and you want that guy to be Jamal. Yes. Um, I just feel like you know, and maybe that's it. Maybe Kemba just feels more consistent. I, I know Kemba's game. I'm not worried that he's going to be like eight points one night, 30 points the next night, right. eight points the night after. That's what I'm worried about with Jamal. Right, yep. So for that, I, I trust Kemba to always be in control of the ball and to always be in control of his own game. Whether that works for them or not, I don't know, but I, I trust him to do that. Yeah, honestly, man, I I am not worried about that with Jamal at all. Like he, uh, I think he vetted himself over the last playoff session and and he was really coming around at the end of this this last stretch now it's a different se- it's basically a different season from different season. where the nuggets yep. finished however he was making progress he was taking steps and i think he was taking steps defensively too and we we kind of forget that Kemba Walker is 6 foot he's like 5'11 or he's one right. of the yeah. the shorter point guards I, mean, I don't who, forget that well i mean he's i i don't trust him I think teams are going to pick on him defensively, and I don't think you can pick on Jamal the same way. You don't? Yeah, I was like, I mean, no. Jamal's got more size, but I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know. I I, I wouldn't say he's because the, I haven't seen the 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 major improvement in his lateral quickness, which I think is where he struggles on defense. Right. And I and I don't know that like, yeah, he's gotten better because he's. He's becoming an NBA. He's had more time in the NBA and is, understands NBA offenses better, I think, and understands NBA defenses better and what Michael Malone wants out of him and, and the concepts that, you know, of the defense that Michael Malone wants. But he I think got housed by Derek White. Right. He's always going to be limited just because I just don't think he's got slow hips. It's just it's just what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we'll see. I, I have a lot more faith in him than, than you guys do at this point. It's just... It's not, you're just asking if I have more faith in right, Kemba. Yeah, I have exactly. more faith in like, Kemba. Oh, I, 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 not yeah, that I see, think that Jamal's a, a scrub. But I, I don't have, know that Jamal can bring it every game. I, I I just... If you look at Kemba's numbers, just look at them over this season, and I think I think they'll paint a different picture for you. He, uh, he wasn't as good as his reputation says. Um... Okay. Other was other that because teams... he was letting his team do stuff, or was that because he's not as good? Like before, he was good because <clears throat> he was the only good player on his team. <laughs> his teammates like... well, How old is he? He was playing with like twenty eight, twenty nine. Willie Hernan Gomez. He, uh, he's in his age twenty nine season. Uh, he he points, rebounds, assists, all dropped. Sure, uh, but again, you're he... you're on a better team. You're sharing the ball. Uh, two point percentage dropped. Uh, yeah. I just I will we'll see we'll see and and I he's a he's a guy that I have circled on my calendar or on, on my uh, on my watch list in a situation like the like these playoffs because I think teams are going to really go at him. Well, it's um, funny for me like that Boston's the second my second favorite team to face in the finals of teams I would expect to get there. Like if Denver faces Boston, I'm not all that scared of Boston. Yeah, why would you be? Well. Just, they just got, from a they matchup got big perspective, wings. like that's. Yeah, but you, you I, that, I guess that, that depends problem, on how much we play Michael Porter Jr. Man, but yeah, like, also if I got to choose between Jason Tatum, LeBron James, or Kawhi Leonard, like I'll, I'll take Jason. <laughs> Tatum. Yeah, bring me Jason Tatum. That's what I'm saying to you. <laughs> like if, if, yeah. if that's what's happening, then yes, I definitely want the non-LeBron guy to show up. Uh, 
the other two teams in this tier that we haven't talked about are Utah and Miami. Miami is kind of like I I don't really know what to make of them at this point, and they, I can't they could tell. fail. They could they could be good. I I just don't really know. know. But but the Jazz I know are going to suck. I know they are going to be <laughs> so so screwed. How screwed are the Jazz to you guys? I think they're. I mean, I, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, even with even even if we can take the assumption that that Gobert and, and Mitchell have patched things up and that's going to be fine, like. Losing Bogdanovich is a big blow. Like that. Yes. That sucks. That so, surgery, man. Right. Like he's you. He was a huge part of what that team did, and, and a huge. There, there's not a ton of depth in Utah. That starting lineup was was really good and really solid. Behind that starting lineup, like nee, it's it's it get, at least in my eyes, it gets a little shaky. So like when you start well without Bogdanovich, guys, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you start taking guys away from that starting lineup. Like now you're like, man, I don't. I don't know. Like it's, uh, they'll they'll be probably pretty solid defensively as as Utah always is. But um, it's hard to say, man. Like Gobert gets played off the floor in the in the playoffs. That's just right. what's been the case. Um, I don't know if that'll be different this year or not. He's such an outstanding player, but he has very serious weaknesses. Right, and they get exploited in seven game is, series. Is I don't I don't think it's been good for him to. No, it, it's been different. Not having Derek Favors and having Bogdanovich there instead, yeah, um, they, yep. it's a different style. And now you don't have Bogdanovich. And it's like, so I guess I mean I'm trying to think who. So who are they going to start? They're going to start Gobert, Ingles, Mitchell, Connolly, and who's the other? Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. Yeah. So like, you go not from scared the of Royce O'Neal. Yeah, I mean, again, like they'll they'll they, 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 they They'll definitely hold teams to like ninety-five points. The problem is, I don't know if they can score more than ninety. It really depends on Donovan Mitchell's efficiency. Like, not that's a, a team that needs Donovan Mitchell my, to like, like not take twenty-five shots a game in the playoffs. Like, they're going to need him to calm it down and get it in the hoop. Right. His per game numbers in the playoffs so far in his career: twenty-three point four points, three point nine assists. 38.9% from the field, 29% from three. <laughs> like, yep. rough. Like, yeah, that's rough, man. But the, but yeah, at that's... the same time, like, isn't that what you're going to – he's going to have to do that because, like, who else is going to score? Like, you're going to – unless you're going to get 25 a game out of Rudy Gobert or Mike Connolly going to find Joe the Engel show. youth. Like, yeah, like, like <laughs> what are you going to do, man? <laughs> They're going to be playing Jordan Clarkson a lot. Like, yeah, that's right. – uh, oh. that's and then at that point, I think you're probably screwed anyway, so – um, I, I think that they'll, they're they a very, very matchup contingent, man. Like, I, I would not pick the Utah Jazz as a favorite against a lot of teams. They can yeah. still go fine if, if that the, the group format, whoever's in their group works out for them and they're the second team in. But, yeah, that's hazardous. They're a team also who benefits a lot from home court advantage. It's, it's, it's Salt Lake is a very tough yeah, place to Yeah, Salt Lake is play. a hard place to play. <laughs> yeah, for, hard for more and reasons than one that are probably, yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Okay, moving right along. Uh, tier three, we have OKC Thunder, Houston Rockets, Indiana Pacers, Philly 76ers. Uh, which of those teams is the best team of the bunch? What was that list again? OKC, Houston, Indiana, Philly. So Houston. to me, it's, it's, it's between Houston and Philly, right? Like those are the two. I, th- I feel like those two teams are a step above. Above Houston is a weird one because they're doing weird. It's stuff. It's hard to judge, man. No <laughs> one, I can't judge them. 
because <coughs> we didn't get to see them enough to have, have teams make adjustments against their plan before we closed the season down. They were flatlining right at the end. They were right, right yeah, at the end. They had that big boost right after the <coughs> trade, and then right, and then kind of came down. I mean, with Philadelphia, I feel like they're they've got an incredible amount of talent, but I don't know that they're. Well, I don't I mean, think the talent fits well together. I, I still think they have. I heard Tim McMahon make this joke on the the Hoop Collective podcast today. Those those guys are social distancing by staying within six feet of each other at all times on the court. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's, so, uh, they they have such a strange build on their team, and I I don't think they have time to work it out. So yeah. I don't I I would take I would take Houston now uh, if you were playing them against each other, you know, which we're not. In this scenario, yeah, but Joel Embiid makes a lot of problems for. I don't yeah, know how give me, give me Philly and Joel Embiid. <laughs> give like, me Philly in that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I, it's I not that they're a bad they're, team. It's just that there's other other options that make it more complicated. One of the underrated things about just just the startup in general, I think, it's a lot of these games are if they come down to shooting contest, it's going to be a rock fight. Like those teams oh, are. Oh my uh, god! Ex- expect awful shooting. Yes. Expect yeah, so absolutely kinda, awful shooting. That kind of benefits a team like Philly that that they're going to shoot pretty poorly anyway. They don't have a lot of great offense, and they're going to bully ball you inside. And if they have the athletes to be able to do that, the physicality to be able to do that, I wouldn't want to face them. If if the Nuggets were in Tier 2, I wouldn't want them to be a Tier 3 team that the Nuggets were facing. Give me OKC, give me Houston, give me Indiana before you give me Philly. I mean, give me Indiana all day long. Like, that's the... That's the... We want Indiana, no matter how we can how we can get them in order, what format they want to go with. Like, but yeah, I mean, Philly, Philly, and Houston are are I think way more dangerous um, of of those tier of teams in those tiers than the other two. Like, I I don't I don't have any worries about Utah or Indiana. Okay, or OKC. Let's move on to tier. Matter. Yeah, let's move on to tier four then. Dallas, Memphis, Brooklyn, Orlando. Which of those teams is the best team? I think it's pretty clearly Dallas. How's Durant um, feeling? Yeah, unless Durant plays. Yeah, and I, Kyrie you know, plays. The, and there, there's been a lot of talk about that. Like, like it when once they get to this point where they start start playing again in mid July, uh, Kevin Durant will be 13 months out from his torn Achilles. And yep, it's usually a 12 month injury, and yep. it's it's very possible that he could play. I doubt that he would play. I think uh, my concern probably... with him would be whether he's been able to keep up his regime for his Achilles heel injury right. um, during the during this whole layoff. Like, if he's been able to do that correctly, that's fine. But Achilles surgeries leave a lot of scars. They've a lot of scar tissue. They've done they've done better with Achilles surgeries in the last decade. Like a decade ago, it was a bigger deal than it is now. They've gotten better with the surgery that he had. Um. But still, I would be concerned about, you know, the amount of scar tissue you're trying to stretch, the amount of, you know, um, from no running to full running for 40 minutes. Like, you're starting to get into uh, how much do you want to risk immediately? Right. Um, Or do you want to give him another six months of rest? Do you want to, like, this is is what got him into this scenario in the first place, right? Exactly. why? And for his vote, I can I can very much see him saying hell no, right. and vetoing it just based on what happened when he got cleared, quote unquote, right. by the Golden State you know medical staff, and then went out and immediately blew out his Achilles. Right. Yeah. It's, I, I I like man like it it it's it such a huge and interesting wrinkle into these tears, but um, 
I would hope. Like, I still say Dallas. I think yeah, Dallas. Yeah, is I mean Dallas. Obviously. So so assuming the KD doesn't uh, play, which I hope he wouldn't. Um, yep. Then Dallas is they've they've got the best player. So like that. Honestly, ass- assuming that he does play, like Luka Doncic is really good, and and yeah, yeah. While Kevin Durant is also very good, he is coming off of an Achilles tear, and that that's a that's a slow True. process. It's not exactly like you're going to be pre Achilles tear Kevin Durant immediately. So no, but I but wonder Kevin if, Durant... if Dallas was the best team anyway. But Kevin Durant, who can only shoot he jumpers, how you cover. like. Kevin Durant, who can only shoot jumpers, is really good. Like that's the problem. Is yeah, he's not going to be running down the floor and 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 dunking on people like like he's he's not. You're not going to see those putback dunks that you would see from him every now and then. But like that dude could just sit and I mean, and he he doesn't he doesn't have a super explosive jump shot, right? Like he's long and and tall. Like he doesn't jump very high with that thing. Like. He doesn't need a ton of explosion. He even if even if all he can do is just take jump shots. Like we're talking about one of the best jump shooters to ever grace the game of basketball. So I don't know. Like is Luca probably better? Yeah, but is Kevin Durant somebody you can just you could can you overlook Brooklyn as the best team? I don't know because that's that's still a huge huge boost that they get. Which team between Memphis and Orlando would you most want to play? Orlando. Orlando. Yeah, it just seems so unremarkable, don't they? Like they do. They, even well, even if Jonathan Isaac come, came back, like even if he was perfectly healthy for for something he's, like he's, this, he's, he may be perfectly healthy. He's not that impactful yet. I love him. Right. I, he's yeah. not a force. I think I like, think John Morant's the the X factor here, right? Like that's the guy. When you look, very similar teams. They've got these kind of young cores that they're. You're not really sure um, what what they can accomplish just yet. But I think at least with. The Grizzlies, you feel like they've got the guy, or they've got a a a potential top star type player, a ch- one of your top three guys on a championship team in house. Right. I don't I don't know that Orlando has any of those guys. They might have just a lot of guys who could be really great role players in the right scenarios versus actual star players. Yeah, they're definitely not scary. That's for sure. Like right. the just any team that's captained by Markel Fultz. Uh, DJ Augustine and Evan Fournier in the backcourt is just not some. It's not a team that I'm I'm really afraid of. I think that right. Gary Harris would get right under any of their skin. So, uh, okay, last tier then is tier five, and we will skip tier six because we don't really need to talk about the twenty one to twenty four teams. <laughs> uh, tier five: Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio. Now, let me ask you this: between that tier and tier four. Which of those teams? Which of those tiers are you more scared of? It's probably because tier four was what with Dallas, Brooklyn, Orlando, and Memphis. Yeah, like Dallas is the only one who scares me there. Um, Portland can be tough though. Pelicans, Port- New Orleans, Portland Pelicans can be are tough. Wrinkle, yeah, and the and the Spurs always know how to Spurs, play. Yeah, Spurs in the playoffs with Pop, and I mean the veteran team. They're tough. Especially if you're doing group play, man, and you're like, all I have to do is win a couple of games strategically against the exact foes I know I'm going to face. Perfect. Let me do that. Right. Kings give the Kings give the Nuggets trouble too. They do. Well, yes. Luckily, we don't have to play in in, uh, in Sacramento at all, so that right. helps. Right. <laughs> true. True. That's a that's a big deal. Uh, but I either way, like, which of those teams do you think is the best team? It's got to be either New Orleans or Portland, right? 
Right. Yeah, I would say Portland because they've got they've got more of the proven it factor, um, and, and I mean they've they've been a little more consistent. It's hard to judge New Orleans because we didn't get to see a lot of of Zion um, and how they played with him, but what we did see looked really good. Uh, so it's. Um, you, you you wonder are they I mean long term clearly I think they're they're the team you feel better about but in this for this season like that Portland team's not that different from the team that was beat the Nuggets and got to the Western Conference Finals last year they're they're not as they've took some hits on their depth for sure but they still got Damian Lillard they still got C J McCollum um and they probably are gonna have a very nice healthy and well rested Yusuf Nurkic available yep. as well so like. I think I think they would probably have to be the team who you'd say is the best just because they're you know the the quality of the talent is still there even if they maybe haven't had a strong of a year. Sure. Well they've had they've had the playoff experience, they've had the win a final game experience. You know, right. like New Orleans hasn't had that. New Orleans has never had that really. Um so you're you're asking a team that hasn't hasn't been overly competitive. It's been playing well. But hasn't been in competitive situations to suddenly win out in a disadvantageous situation. I would put my money more on Portland for that. Yeah, it's hard to bet against Damian Lillard. He's obviously very good, and as long as you give him something to play for, he'll he'll be okay. Um, right. Yeah. So that that's that's pretty much it for the the tier setup, and we skipped the tier six teams because I don't think we really need to talk about them. But based off of our conversation that we've had for the last hour. If you're the Nuggets, would you prefer to play straight into the regular season and playing Houston then the Clippers? Would you play 1 to 16 and play Indiana then Toronto, or would you want to play the group format and play a mix of these tiers and then we'll call the we'll say we'll say Toronto as the the final team. I Dude, would give me 1 to 16. Yep. <laughs> Yep, I'm with Gordon. I'll take one to sixteen. I think that's it's the most advantageous. Like if you can get to the the conference, quote unquote conference, I guess, or or the semifinals, I guess is just what you would call it, the final four, whatever you want to say. Um, if you can get there, and all you got to do is get through Indiana and Toronto, like you'll you'll take that. I think ten. Sign times me up. 10. Yep. It's crazy. the The West is just it's that much better than the East, and there's yeah. there's no respect from Western Conference teams facing the Eastern Conference, no matter what. Like, oh Philly, I mean the Nuggets would would probably they they have a struggle with that series, but I, would I they, trust Jokic would I over put money on them for that. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. I think oh, they yeah. beat Philly. I'll take Bali like the only team or any team from LA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, just give me if you gave me the Bucks, I would take it because the Nuggets have played the Bucks very well. Right. Yeah, I think over I'd rather play the Bucks seasons. over the. Over the Lakers or the Clippers, and that yeah. sounds sounds crazy, but hit, I hit trust me. it's a matchup I trust thing, them man. to figure out a way to match up with Giannis and match yeah. up with the Bucks than I do versus Kawhi and and LeBron. It's just it's that simple. It's if very you're offering tough. me like a bunch of defenders in Kawhi and Paul George and freaking Pat Beverly who are gonna wipe out my my entire wing set. Like, you know, or you're giving me the unstoppable LeBron-AD combo that the Nuggets don't really have the size to fight. Or you're offering me, find a way to stop Giannis and take your shot in seven. Yeah, give me my seven. Even don't stop Giannis. You know, just figure out a way to stop everybody else. And you want to see if he can pull them along like Dwight could not when Dwight Howard was with, you know, the Magic. That's what you want. Yep. 
you at least want the opportunity. Yep. Okay, that's all I have for you guys. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to talk about before we head out? Nothing for me, man. <laughs> Sounds like a no. Nope. Sounds like a nope. All right, we are out of here. Thank you guys for tuning into the Denver Stiff Show. Of course, you can find all of their their Twitter accounts uh, at GMoneyNugs, at Zach Mikosh. Uh, I'm, of course, at NBA Blackburn. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully we get some news on the NBA and the playoff format over the course of this week and weekend. Uh, would love to be able to start talking about Nuggets basketball again and I, for I real. Did, I did forget one thing. We're going to have a special guest next week. So. Oh, that's right. I, I, for, I forgot about that. Tune in for our special guest. We are excited to have him. Thank you so much. We will see you guys next week. Yeah.